0: When Jesus says, I am the way and, and the truth and the life, what do, what do you think he means when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life? What I've learned is that the Bible teaches is this. I want you to write this down, okay? This is where we're going to land today, uh, tonight. What I've learned is that all of life is Christ. Can we say that? All of life is Christ? Absolutely. All of life is Christ. If it's not of Christ, it's deceptions, it's lies, it's counterfeit. All of life is Christ, I want to talk about three things tonight. So if you will, write down the first one. It's this, okay? If we're talking about all of life is Christ, number one, it's not your call. Number one, write that down. It's not your call. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, uh, he answered and said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through Me. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And we've been on this verse for the last three weeks. And so we should have it memorized by now. He's he's talking to his disciples. He's about to go. He's about to get crucified on this cross. And in Easter, we celebrate Jesus getting crucified on a cross. And then raising from the dead three days later. And so this part of the Bible in John 14, 6, Jesus is sitting in the upper room with his disciples. They don't know what's about to hit because he's about to go away. They don't know it. And he's given his final instructions. And, the, and what he's saying right here is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because this man that they've been following, these disciples and, and apostles, they've been following Jesus, and he's about to disappear. What would you think if, if along came this guy in your life, and you were out fishing, and he said, hey, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And something just feels right about it. So, so you start following this man named Jesus. And every single day, he starts loving you and teaching you and guiding you. He starts performing all these miracles and doing all this crazy stuff. And then one day, he's, he's in an upper room with you. And he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And you're going, good, I got this. And then the next day, tomorrow morning, he's taken away and he dies. What do you think about that decision? You think you made a right decision? You think, uh-oh, I have just made a huge mistake. I thought this guy was supposed to be a savior. I thought he was supposed to be a king, but he's died. And so Jesus knows that the disciples are about to go into mad chaos tomorrow. They're going to start doubting themselves. They're going to start doubting the decisions that they made. They're going to start doubting everything. Some of them will actually say, Jesus, I don't, I don't know who he is. They'll, they'll deny him. And so Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, looks at all his disciples the night before. This goes down, and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so it's not your call. Number one is what we were talking about. It's not your call. And I want to ask a question to you, okay? Where could you get you? me ask again where could you get you and what i'm asking is this have you ever created thing anything from nothing have you have you ever created anything from nothing no we always have to use stuff right if we're painting we use paint where did the paint come from right for sculpting we use the clay or whatever where did that clay come from And so when we're asking ourselves, where could you get you? If you lead this trajectory of your life, what's the best that you can create for your life at the end? Nothing. You have to use stuff to create stuff. And so in of ourselves, the way we're designed, we cannot create something from nothing. And so from the very beginning, God says, it's not your call. If you want to live life, and all of life is about me, is about Christ, it's not about your call, then you have to rely on me. Because he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am the creator of everything. If you open up the Bible, and the very first thing was, it says, he created, he created everything that we know. That means he hung the stars, he poured the seas and for you and me, guess what we came from? Dirt. Dirt that he created. And then breathed in. See, it's not about us. It's about Jesus Christ and who he is. And if we're going to experience life and we're going to know what life is, the first thing we need to know is it's, it's not our call. It's Jesus Christ is the creator of everything. The second thing I want you to write down is, is this. Not only is it not your call, but number two, He is a life worth it all. Jesus Christ is a life worth it all. And I want us to turn in our Bibles to John chapter 6, all the way to verse 68. So if you have your used version, click on over to that. If you, if you have your Bible, John chapter 6, verse 68. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, To to who shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Let me tell you what's happening right here. Jesus feeds 5,000 people. They're amazed with this. So all these people follow him. And he says, you know what, if you're going to follow me, you need to, you know, drink my blood and eat eat my body. And people, 5,000 of them go, oh, that just got really weird. I'm out. And so Jesus, after this huge, miraculous thing, turns and he looks at his disciples and he says, Are you going to leave us too? And Simon says this in verse 68. He says, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. See, the apostles lived with Jesus and they experienced his life. They experienced Jesus' life. They didn't just know him. They experienced him. See, these are the apostles and the disciples when Jesus is looking at them saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. These apostles and disciples, they have experienced Jesus Christ. See, they were there. They were there in the beginning when when Jesus even healed a guy in Jerusalem, a crippled man, that he healed him. And the disciples got to see the joy on this guy's face as he ran off. Not only that... There's a boy at this one part in the Bible. The boy goes and crawls up to Jesus. And and Jesus um, is is there teaching. And the disciples say, boy, go away, go away, go away. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Bring him back to me. And the disciples are learning that. See, there was a crowd. And they needed food. And this little boy came with a couple loaves and a couple fish. And Jesus turned those loaves and the fish to feed 5,000 people. And the disciples got to watch this little boy as he ran home to tell this miraculous thing that had just happened with his lunch. To go tell his mom. The disciples saw this. The disciples were there when when Jesus calmed a raging sea with his voice. See, they didn't just know Jesus. They were experiencing Jesus all along. How many of you have been skydiving? Anybody? Ooh, no one's been skydiving. So we're all kind of in the same category right here. I know about skydiving, and I know that I will love skydiving, but until I skydive, have I ever skydived? No. The best thing I could do for skydiving right now is just close my eyes and imagine it, but I've never done it. I just know about skydiving. But experiencing it, I have not. The disciples were experiencing Jesus Christ every single day. And as Jesus sat there the night before he died and said, I am the way and the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, the disciples had all this experience about who Jesus was. And Simon Peter said it right. In, in verse 68 of chapter 6, when he said, Lord, where shall, where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hmm. I've seen too much in, in my life to doubt whether Jesus Christ is real. I've seen way too much in my life. I've been homeless and I've been hungry. I've got to warn you about something. If you're here today, you call yourself a Christian, or if you're here today and you're saying, I don't know if if I'm following Christ or or not, I'm still kind of on the fence, i got to warn you of something. It's a slippery slope. See, because there was one part in my life when I said, Jesus, yes, I will follow you. And he started playing with my heart. And he started playing with my mind. And from that moment forward, everything started changing. And when I say everything started changing, it started getting crazy. Going to college and going to going down to Miami to tell people about Jesus Christ, and then deciding, I want to get into church work somehow and I want to work with youth and, and doing that and and seeing kids come to know who Jesus was, and going around and teaching pastors about who Jesus was and, and getting consumed about this love in my life about who Jesus is, sometimes hungry, sometimes not hungry, but passionate absolutely in love and experiencing life absolutely. See, Jesus even took our family and my two little girls to Mexico to live for a year and to tell people about Jesus Christ. i got to warn you about the slope of Jesus Christ. Once you start experiencing life and you start experiencing real life, it's good. It's good. Nothing in your life can ever be the same once you've tasted the bread of life. Yeah, all of life is Christ. So number one, it's not your call. It's about Jesus Christ and, and who he is. Number two, he is life worth it all. He's everything. And number three, live for it all and you'll fall. Live for it all and you'll fall. What do I mean by that? Let's turn to Matthew ten thirty nine. Matthew chapter 10. Verse 39. So what it says? Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Does that make sense to you? Let's read it again, okay? Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. What is this saying? What is this verse saying to us? If we live for it all, everything about this world, having the nicest cars, having the nicest gadget, having that new iPad 2, oh wait, iPad 3. Whatever it is, if we're living for this world and what this world can provide for us for a good 401k to have a nice house To have the best car, if we live for our education, if we live for this world, if we're chasing after our life, we have lost it. If we live for it all, we're going to fall. Jesus is saying right here, I am life. And if you surrender your life to me, you will have life. But if you chase after your own life, your own dreams, your own ambitions, you have no life at all. I am here and I am life. Here's a good example of always longing for something else and not happy with what we have, continually seeking. It's a little excerpt out of a book called Open Apologies. And this is what it says, okay? When I was in elementary school, I had big dreams. Like many boys at that age, I would frequently find myself at bat in the ninth inning with two outs and two strikes, the bases loaded, in game seven of the World Series. I wanted to be a professional baseball player. The innocence of my youth was beautiful at the age of eight. As time has progressed, the innocence has turned into expectations, and the world I lived in as a little eight-year-old has been lost. What once was exciting dreams as I lived in the moment have turned into expectation of what's next, not what's now. In high school, I longed to be in college. In college, I longed to get out and be on my own. Then I longed to get married. Then I longed to have kids. Then I longed to find a good job. Then I longed to be in charge. Then I longed to make a bigger difference. Then I longed to change the world. Then I longed to land on the moon. Then I longed to explore the vast Milky Way and my high-tech spacecraft. Then I longed. It's a vicious cycle that has stolen the innocent joy of the moment away from many pure and beautiful times in my life. And, f- and from the lives of those around me. I want to ask you something. Are you longing? Are you chasing after your own selfish, evil desires? Are any of these questions that we asked at the beginning, do they radiate in you? Do these describe you? Jesus said, I've come to give you life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And whoever loses their life for my sake... We'll find it. I want to introduce you to uh, Garrett Hamilton. Most of you know Garrett Hamilton. And I've asked him to talk to us today about his story with Jesus Christ. And how when Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, what has that meant for Garrett? All right, buddy, you ready? You're going to have to hold it with your right hand. I didn't count on this, okay? Okay.
1: Howdy! Howdy. 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 Howdy are we all here tonight? Like I said, I'm Garrett Hamilton. For those of you who don't know, don't don't know me, but uh, here earlier this week, uh, Tuesday night, I was with Aaron at uh, Patrick O'Brien's, uh, doing a little Bible study and uh, talking some scriptures. When he looked across the table at me and uh, looked at me and said, "Are you ready?" And uh, yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) Not knowing what I was ready for, but yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. (laughs) And uh, apparently, then he says, uh, all right, you're telling your story this weekend. (laughs) Didn't think that was coming. So here I am. uh, I guess uh, my story starts uh, where I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. Uh, I'm the youngest of three kids in my family. Uh, I got two older sisters, Alicia and Jessica, then... Uh, my parents, Mark and Jane. Um in Houston, so here we uh, went to the same church as long as I can remember, uh, Winwood Presbyterian, and uh, learned a lot about Jesus there. Uh, I don't know if I was so much learning as much as going through the motions of that time in my life. But uh, finally, I uh, went to college, University of Texas at Tyler, uh, which was interesting times probably the best times and the worst times at the exact same time. <laughs> but uh, somehow, miraculously graduated. Uh, floated around a couple of years, different jobs. And I finally got a, a job I really enjoyed, that I really wanted. I became a landman, man, um, and that's what brought me here today. Uh, last August, a company I worked for asked if I wanted to go work up in uh, northern Colorado. and. I jumped all over it and to Greeley I came and it's been exciting but um so that's essentially more so an outline of my life it's not really my story and uh all week I've been praying thinking uh brainstorming you know what is my story what does what do people want to hear what does God want me to say and uh And it it really, it really ate at me. I I stayed up late some nights this week, and uh, one theme, um, one pattern in my life that I really noticed was was sin. Is sin. Um, There's definitely been some up and downs. You know, I said I grew up in a church, but uh, you know, it was more so me going to church on Sunday than. As Aaron was talking about, living my life for me the rest of the week. And, uh, you know, in my past, I've uh, committed some sin. I've done some bad things, been in bad places. Um, I've always believed in God. I believe that uh, Jesus died for our sins. And I would ask for forgiveness. But I would ask for forgiveness, and then I fall back on my own pride. And. I pride got me through everything, I'm tough, I can do anything and I just kept on going down the road and it's just kind of a kind of a bad cycle to get caught in and um kind of one particular instance, uh, one story that's still affecting me today that uh... I wasn't really sure if I wanted to share but once again I was praying really hard about this and uh... I think is a good idea um, This uh, past year, on uh, November 11th, 2011, uh, here in Greeley, I was uh, arrested for a DUI, driving under the influence. And uh, so that night wasn't a good night for me. They uh, actually took me to jail, and I was uh, so bad off that, you know, it took some sleep and several hours for me to... Kind to realize and let everything sink sink in the seriousness of the situation that i'm that I'm in um, but I didn't just seep in when it when it hit me, it hit me hard as a uh more like an avalanche of emotions and so uh here I was in a strange new town uh, in a jail cell uh, so on bottom bunk had a Miserable little pillow that I had to fold up three times to get anything out of it. A nasty little blanket over top of me. But uh, you know, I I was pushed up as far as I could be in that corner of that uh, of that bunk in that cell. And uh, can't remember the last time I've cried. And I was uh, I just started bawling and just begging, just begging for uh, God's forgiveness. Um. I've repented in the past and I've asked for forgiveness in the past but uh, never like this uh, it's pretty pretty uh, that low for me and God, and I was just praying for forgiveness uh, the shame I was feeling and I was praying for my for my family for my parents uh, you know I couldn't where I got to ease them when they I uh, get this bad news of what I've done and where I am and uh so yeah, I was just, I just sitting there in that jail cell uh, sobbing. And uh actually spent, I think, right around 36 hours in jail that, that day. Because uh, uh, the judge was off, and so I just stay there for a full day and another night. And that whole time I was in there, I uh, refused to use the phone to call anybody to uh, tell them where I'm at until. The last like two hours, I realized, hey, I can't get out here without a little help. <laughs> First time, didn't know the system. Uh, but, but the reason I was so scared, I just knew I had nobody to call. I, I knew nobody in town, so I had to call uh, my mom back in Houston. And i uh, was a tough call. Uh, there in the middle of the common area, and in jail I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to hold myself together and uh... but I had to, I thought calling mom and she answered it and I could barely get out any words uh, and I just was able to say mom I'm in jail and then just about lost it, it took a, took a probably a good minute for me to gather things together and tell her why and what's going on help get me out but anyways, I mean, that's probably the pretty hard couple days for me. But I've been, even the next week, uh, the amount of shame I felt, uh, guilt. Oh, man, the guilt I felt. I don't know if you've all felt this way before, but I've never been so depleted of spirit in my life. Uh, for the first time in my life, like i I didn't feel like getting, i didn't feel like getting out of bed every day that that whole week was just nothingness to me. I went to work, but it didn't it didn't matter no work got done uh, I didn't care about anything cause i had no i had no feeling of worth at this time. I was just so ashamed of myself and uh and then things kind of got started getting better uh, as time goes on. You know, everybody. You know, time heals, right? So that's what I was thinking. Time, things were getting a little bit better. Uh, I started falling back in my own ways. You know, as I said, all right, Garrett, you can do this. Uh, get yourself in, in yourself into this. It's time to get out. You know, just done it before, right? And uh, for some reason, I wasn't able to do it this time. I think uh, I think God was tired of me doing that. And. Uh, so, I just fell back on God, and then, you know, the uh, days went by, uh, things got better, and then uh, kind of what came from the situation is now, after I've gone to court and everything, I've uh, lost my license for a year. I got fines, uh, alcohol classes, and uh, community service, you know, that's what... Uh, law has done to me. But uh God's done incredible things to me in this time. Uh he's introduced me to incredible people and he's been there for for me the whole time. Uh he just he just reminded me that he gave his son for us for our sins I just always look back and remember that God forgave me forgave me before I was sitting there weeping in a jail cell asking for his forgiveness he already forgiven me and he just blessed me so many things with great friends who uh, I've only known for a couple months who are taking time out of their day to help me out Uh, it's just been incredible and uh somehow I always like to make things even harder on myself. I don't have a license and so bike's a way to get around, you know, I could get to work on a bike until I broke my arm. <laughs> so But uh, you know, through this whole thing, I I go I essentially with my life week to week, I'm not sure if I'm gonna have a job next week. I'm just waiting for this to catch up to me. My company's been like I'm too much of a burden. I can't drive anywhere. Uh, my, my company would call up any time and tell me, hey, you're going to Wyoming t- tomorrow. And I'll have to tell them, no, I'm not. I <laughs> can't drive. So, um, in this, probably one of the hardest times of my life, I actually have peace, though. Because <laughs> I've accepted God's grace. He's given it to me and given it to me and given it to me my whole life. But for once, I'm accepting it and realizing I can't do this on my own. I can't live my life for me anymore. This, is, this isn't Garrett's life. Uh, God gave us his son, his son Jesus. And as He said, as Jesus said, I am the way, I am truth, and I am life. And, uh, I finally took these words to heart rather than just verbally saying them i believing them so I'm, you know I'm not sure if this story fits in your lives at all maybe it does maybe it doesn't maybe, maybe somebody out there that's like dude that's nothing or maybe somebody's out there saying wow at least I'm not as bad as him but uh
2: <laughs>
1: whatever it is um you know, I felt compelled to tell you guys this and uh, I just want everybody to realize that no matter what wrongs you've done, you know, ask for God's ask for God's forgiveness. And He'll give it to you. And turn around and move in the right direction and uh, build a relationship with him. That's that's what we're created for. Just uh keep that in mind. But uh I think I'll just close it in prayer if you guys don't mind joining me in prayer. God, just thank you so much for bringing us here tonight. Thank you for uh, thank you for all the blessings and your grace you've uh, laid upon us. God, I just pray that anybody in this room, anybody in Greeley, anybody in this uh, in this world that it's hurting, be it some wrongs they've done, uh, be it sin, addictions, uh, relationship problems, whatever it is, whatever, there's burdening people out there. God, I just pray that they get to know you, know that you gave your son for, uh, for us, that you've forgiven us, and that they can have, start a relationship with you, God. Accept your grace. God, I Just, just want to thank you for loving us. God, in your son's name we pray. Amen. Can we give Garrett a round of applause? Sir?
0: confession is big and I'm so proud of Garrett proud of you man you're chasing after God with, with all your heart good job I know everyone, everyone else in this room is perfect though so the story doesn't relate to us here's the, here's the fact Jesus said I am the way and the truth and the life Garrett knows that do you know that I mean we're all mess We're all a mess. We all are over here, and we're all doing our own thing. We're kind of going through life all along, all by ourselves. Some of us are great and perfect saints, and some of us are messed up like myself. But we're all over here, and we're all going through life. The good news is Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and life. So if you believe me and you trust me and you call on me, then you have life. Then here comes Jesus over here. And he just says, follow me. Man, you're not alone. You're not alone. I have found peace that plows through the storm. I have found joy that jumps over sadness. I have found love that lights up every room. I have found Jesus. Jesus. He's all I want. He's all I need. He's everything my heart can hope for. We're longing for the glory of the Lord because we know there's so much more. I have found trust that teaches how to rest. I have found grace that guides me by the hand. I have found strength that stands like a mountain. What's the story of your life? Is it this Or is it this? What is it today? I want us to watch this video. And man, Jared, I want you to crank this up. This is a worship video. This is who Jesus is. Because we have found that he is the life. Us to just sing praises to God, to clap, to shout, to be honest, to be vulnerable. Some of us are holding back from being honest with God, confessing sins that we have in our life. We are in bondage and we're in chains. So tonight, don't you dare leave here in bondage and in chains. Because Jesus breaks all the chains. He sets us free. He is life. If anyone needs prayer, we're going to be in the back. Come and pray. Maybe God's telling you something, showing you something. Regardless of what you do, give God... The credit, the honor, the glory, the praise. Because we're free. We're free. Just continue to worship him in this place. Be real with yourself and be real with Jesus.